0: You're listening to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mondana Yusefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. My husband, Ian, is a Bitcoin enthusiast, but I am quite the newbie. Each week, he tries to teach me something about Bitcoin or Bitcoin adoption. I promise we keep it real light and fun.
1: But before we get started, make sure you go to goals.flirtingwithbitcoin.com and stack your sats for the week.
0: Let's go. Hey, Ian. Hey, Mandana. Hola. Konnichiwa. Buongiorno.
1: Guten tag. And
0: I have a new one per the request of one of our listeners. Howdy, y'all. Okay, well, they didn't ask for the y'all, but I got to add the y'all.
1: I figured as much. Howdy. I read the same comment as you.
0: (laughs) Howdy to our uh, Texan listeners.
1: Yeah, the great country of Texas.
0: State for now.
1: Uh, they think they're their own country, so they can get their own uh, hello.
0: Hey, one more country to add to the list of countries of our worldwide international listeners, so I'm all for it. So tell me the block height, babe. What time is it in Bitcoin?
1: Okay, I guess that's, that's how you can use it, I suppose. Um, the block height is 756942, and we are 838 blocks from our last recording.
0: Ooh, okay, that's a new way that you're describing time.
1: I mean, if you're asking what time it is, then I'm just going to add a little flavor to Ooh,
0: Oh, the passage of time. So how many acres could I get on Bitcoin Island for one U.S. dollar right now?
1: For one dollar, you can get 5,092 acres.
0: Still a steal.
1: Still a steal, but given everything that's going on in the world, it's a real big steal right now.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on in the world. I guess that's a steal, uh, considering, but it seems like there's just always things going on. In the past few years, it's always like, what are we gonna do with our money? The dollar's going down, our retirement's going down. Not necessarily you and me, but like that's what everyone is saying or worrying about.
1: Um, yeah, that's probably top ten things people worry about.
0: Or just like the general, is this the end of the world? Yeah, that's that you can roll sad. that up yeah, into yeah. that
1: general, like the end is near vibe
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah last week i brought up the topic of being married to someone who's a big bitcoiner and you know approached me wanted me to get into it wanted me to agree to make bitcoin part of our financial planning really our financial (laughs) Should i say part of or just the plan
1: (laughs) it's part of
0: it's part of the plan but I will say so it does sometimes feel like the plan. Like if I'm worried, you're like, babe, don't worry. We have our Bitcoin. We're, we're good. Isn't that not your typical response whenever I'm like, look, is this the end of the world? Are we in trouble?
1: Obviously, there are certain events that could happen that having Bitcoin won't matter right? Like if we get hit by an asteroid, right? Like Bitcoin is not going to save you yeah, from that. Yeah.
0: Those things don't tend to worry. Um,
1: but for you and I in the age that we are and the world that we've lived in, most of the problems that we've experienced have been financial in nature, mm-hmm. right? Like even 9-11 to a certain degree became financial in nature, right? We spent what, $3-4 trillion 4000000000000 dollars because of nine 11. So when things seem like the end of the world, our brains, I feel like have been like kind of preconditioned to kind of go in that financial mode. Like, will I have enough money to get through whatever is about to happen? I say this a lot, but you're not on Bitcoin Twitter, but there's been a lot of talk lately about how Bitcoin creates certainty in an uncertain world because it's just math. Whenever you question what's gonna happen next, you can just look at the math in Bitcoin and say, well, there's gonna be less of it tomorrow. And there's going to be more people who want it. It Sounds like I'm going to be okay.
0: It's really that simple.
1: It's really that simple.
0: And I'm not saying this to say that I worry about things. I think I used to worry about things before I met you. And then even once I met you and we hadn't combined our finances, I think I was in a different mindset than I am today. Like we did a couple of things when we combined our finances where we went into establishing a foundation of our life together understanding what we could afford and what we're trying to save up for and those things. I think we've been very intentional, but it's it is surprising to me sometimes how much I do not worry about the future of our financial stability because how calm you are.
1: I mean, I'm a calm person by default. But I guess... That's it, true. In this one particular area, it probably is extra helpful to be calm.
0: Yeah, like you're not coming to me being like, babe, we got to stop spending so much money.
1: I mean, we should probably always cut back on spending. I
0: think it was a couple of months ago. He did say like, babe, we got to stop ordering so much food. We need to cook some of our own food.
1: That was like... <laughs> I don't know if the pandemic is quote unquote over, but that was in the like summer when everyone was like,
0: I was trying to live my life, guys. I didn't want to be in the kitchen all the time.
1: Yeah. So, you know, last week you kind of, you asked the question around, did I think a couple who hadn't combined their finances, did I think they could be a Bitcoin couple? And for the most part, I don't think that's possible because Bitcoin is such like a radical idea that you kind of both have to be in on it. If you wanna use it the way it's supposed to be used as a store of value, you're gonna continually acquire it. at the end of the day, the other person has to be okay with that. When we went to combine our finances in the very beginning, I don't really think Bitcoin was a part of it.
0: Nope, it wasn't.
1: You know, we were more just talking about, like like you said, like, how are we going to live? What's the money coming in? What's the money going out? And just really getting an understanding because we were basically two strangers that had to learn.
0: We were two strangers who met on the internet.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But like we had to learn, you know, at least I had to learn that about you and thus you had to learn it about me. Like, you know, what is she spending her money on? But once we went through all of that, then talking about Bitcoin was easier because we were just talking about adding to a thing that we were already doing. I think if our finances hadn't been combined, that would have been a really hard conversation to be like, we should combine our finances and buy this thing called Bitcoin. So
0: you don't think we could keep our finances separate and then just say like, we're going to put this much a month into Bitcoin each of us and that'd be the Bitcoin that we hold. In theory, you
1: could approach it like that.
0: Because that's kind of the same way that people, that some partnerships do mortgages
1: i'm not saying that that wouldn't work Mm -hmm. i'm sure that would work for some slice of the venn diagram of people why i think that's not the best strategy when dealing with bitcoin is that while I would say you're a little bit behind me on like making the mental switch to like seeing what Bitcoin is. and
0: I think that's very fair. That's fair, right? Okay.
1: <laughs> so like you might be behind me, but you're still, you're still coming along with me. You know, you're the one who came up with the, like said we should do this podcast. Yeah. Right? So like there are things that you're contributing. Gotta it's-
0: keep your husband's busy, ladies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Gotta
0: give him a hobby. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> It's almost the equivalent of like buying a house without like exposing your income, right? Like if you're going to buy a house together, you're going to go to a lender together. You can buy your finances as far as the lender is concerned, Mm -hmm. right? Bitcoin is kind of in that realm. Bitcoin is like buying a home. It's not, oh, I buy Tesla and you buy Ford because we have different theses on how the world works. It's like, no, this is how the world works. We need to both be doing this together. We need to both know where it all is. We need to both be able to get access to it. We need to both know how, like, how this works together. And if you were doing it separately, one person might be further along. There might be some catastrophic event that causes one person to lose faith in this whole experiment that you're doing. (laughs) So you always need to have, like, you know, in, in golf, it's called best ball, right? Like, you both swing at it. Whoever takes the best shot, like that's where you shoot your next shot from. And if it was separate, I think that would be harder to it would be harder to play like best ball.
0: So like you like to say some people play in hard mode, other people play in easy mode. This is easy mode.
1: Best ball is easy mode.
0: And is this your position or do you think that, you know, Bitcoiners, Bitcoin Twitter, you mentioned that Bitcoin Twitter is very family oriented, future focused those types of things. So do you think that this is generally how bitcoiners feel about being in bitcoin are they all trying to get their partners on board are they all combining their finances like is is that the assumption
1: i mean i don't know if that's the assumption obviously everyone's relationship is different and i'm just encouraging couples and and people who might be getting into bitcoin to do it together with their spouse it's not a requirement yeah this isn't a religion that has commandments thou thou shalt (laughs) share thine um
2: Seed, <laughs> seed
1: phrase with thine partner, right? Like, that's not really what we're talking about. You know, I say this a lot sometimes. Where I'll be like, Bitcoin does what we think Bitcoin's going to do.
0: You say that all the time. Whenever I ask a question about, like, worry about the future. That's I mean, what you say. Bitcoin does what we think <sighs> it's supposed to do. And then you smile.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure people 10 years ago did not think that they would be multimillionaires today. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I'm not saying that in 10 years from now... We're going to be multimillionaires. I don't think that, I don't think there's a thousand X left in Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. right? We missed out on the thousand X. We might get a hundred X though, Mm -hmm. because it's math. And so we don't know what that pattern of of growth is, but up until now, it's basically been at a zero. Like that's the pattern that my pattern recognition, when it kicked in and I saw that pattern uh, where it went from three to 30 to 3000, I was like, wait, that's just multiples of 10 (laughs) in theory the next multiple could be oh god you got to get in you can't really take that risk now if you don't get the full 10x and you only get like 30 or 40 percent that's still better than a savings account right i think that if bitcoin does what we think Bitcoin's going to do like when i say that all i'm really implying is like nobody thought we would be here today and As far as like the technological adoption S-curve, if you relate this to the internet, we're like pre-AOL. And everyone listening to us is listening to us on all the technology that came after AOL. Yeah. So that's how early we are. And so...
0: It's wild to think of it that way.
1: It's very wild. And I don't know where we're going to be in the future. There might be a very big dip in the middle from AOL to Fountain App, right? (laughs) There might be a dip. But if we can make it to Fountain App, then Bitcoin has done what we thought Bitcoin was going to do.
0: When you talk like that, I'm like, yeah, we're going to be fine. <laughs> it's it's kind of like uh, you've evangelized me. Almost. I mean, I don't know. There's still like doubts and questions and things that I, I have, but... I feel comfortable because like going back to how we did combine our finances and set it all up, there's trust that I've put into you. So like, let's take a step back and talk about, you know, where we went from being strangers to being a married couple that has all of their finances combined and has a strategy for saving our money in Bitcoin. Okay. This is how I remember it. And if I'm wrong or if I'm missing something, jump in. But basically, Ian and I used to split everything. When we moved in together, we were still splitting everything. I think it was once we got engaged, when we started thinking about our bigger expenses. Like the biggest expense was going to be our wedding.
1: I don't disagree with what you're saying, but there, there's one point that you left out. You know, we didn't live together. And so when we were moving in together... One of the things that I said was, I was like, we should only get a place that one of us can afford.
0: That's true. That was one of your requirements. Yeah. You shouldn't all of a sudden get a place that is the cost of our previous rents combined.
1: Yeah. In a roundabout way, like that was actually us first combining our finances. Mm -hmm. Because as far as either one of us was concerned, it was roughly the same amount we were paying in rent. So the number didn't change mentally. But we actually reduced our expenses instead of what would have been what normally people do. They just maintain their current expenses. But you're right, like the engagement and like talking about paying for a wedding, that was when the conversation really started in earnest. Like, okay, how are we going to do this? How much money do you have? How much money do you have? We can save up for this. How are we going to pay for it? Right. You know, I kind of floated the idea of like, well, what if we just try living off of one salary and save the other salary as a means of Paying for this unknown expense of this wedding.
0: And then you, for when it came to our spending, you had the idea of us using a single credit card.
1: Actually, I'd have been talking to one of my friends and he would ask me about credit cards. Like, what credit card do you use? And I didn't have the Amazon card. And, you know, when we lived in the apartment, there was nothing but Amazon boxes coming every day. So it was like, how do we not have this card? And so when I got that card, that was the first card that we actually were like, well, we're going to combine our finances We should use this one and kill two birds with one stone.
0: So in addition to us combining our expenses or spending on a single credit card, you had the idea of us just seeing what a year of spending looked like for us Mm -hmm. so that we wouldn't change what we were doing. Because before this, we were just two separate people that could comfortably afford the lives that we were living, which was I really appreciate. You weren't like, we need to cut money here. We need to budget and only spend this much here. You were like... I'm going to spend money on what I want to, you spend money on what you want to, and in a year we're going to see if we can live off of just one of our salaries and save the other. Yeah. And you also wanted to be able to see, which I thought was very sweet, if we were to have a child and I didn't want to continue working, if our lifestyle could still be maintained with just one salary.
1: Okay, so this conversation of combining finances is because we're engaged. So obviously engagement leads to marriage. Marriage leads to kids, right? I'm not sitting there thinking like, oh, we're going to get married and have a kid in this one-bedroom apartment, <laughs> right? Like That, that would have been challenging. This train of thought has changed since I've come to Bitcoin. The why has changed. But the, the general idea there was like, I'm not a crazy person. Like giving Like giving birth and being pregnant and all that fun stuff, like that's a very... It's a very traumatic event. And I don't think anyone should have to, should live a lifestyle where they have to like rush back to work after having a kid because they've created a lifestyle where I have to work to support my lifestyle. When I proposed the one salary thing at that point, pre-Bitcoin or pre-heavy Bitcoin, I would say, pre-podcast, mm-hmm. I was really more thinking about it just in those terms. Like, you know, if I were, or my now wife, but like if my fiance, wants to take a year off of work after having a kid, like that should really just be a choice. And if we can make that just a choice, doesn't necessarily mean that she would choose that, but that's just a mental load off of someone to not have that like pressure, right? Since then, because of Bitcoin, I have a very different why, or it's not necessarily a different why, but it's like a different thought process to the why, which is a lot of Bitcoiners will say this, and I saw someone literally today like tweet this. like. Today's the day, guys. I retired my wife.
0: Oh, how lucky.
1: <laughs> right? And so like he's, you know, and I've seen it on Twitter more than once, but just goes home and says, you don't have to work anymore. You can work if you want, but you don't have to work anymore.
0: Oh, man, that's a dream, babe. Don't get my hopes up.
1: And so that kind of thinking goes along with what I'm thinking when I say, well, if Bitcoin does what we think Bitcoin, it's going to do, yeah. it might just become a choice. That doesn't mean you have to stop working, but... Having choices is a lot better than having no choices.
0: 100%.
1: So that's like, that's what's really changed. Like when, I remember the first time I saw someone say that on Twitter, I just, it was before Bitcoin and I was like, what? You just came home and told her. And I, I remember thinking this, like that doesn't make any sense. And now I'm like, good for you, man. Oh,
0: yeah, good for them.
1: Good for you. I think seeing those conversations on Twitter is the same desired outcome, but like the why is different. And I think a lot of people's actions are driven by why. And so if your why is like, look, I think this world's a little messed up. And I think it's crazy that we both have to work to survive in this world. I want to create a world where one of us, if not both of us, don't have to work anymore. Doesn't mean we won't do work. It'll just be things that we want to do versus things that we have to do. enrich our
0: lives. Yeah, I think it's so interesting that I think it's wonderful that that's a goal that you have. It's not even something that I ever thought would be possible. I've worked since I was like 12, so I've always just thought, oh, I'm going to work probably until I'm 65, and then afterwards I'll retire and then get a part-time job. (laughs) I still think that's what I'm going to do. I don't really believe that I could stop working. I would if I could afford it. I want to make that clear with you, my husband. (laughs) If I I could maintain this lifestyle and not work, I definitely wouldn't work, and I would just cook delicious meals all day for myself and sometimes give you some of it. (laughs) It's so interesting to me how much hope you have for our future because of Bitcoin. It's
1: weird to say that. Like, it's not because of Bitcoin, right? But
0: with everything else going on in the world, I don't know. I, it does seem like it's because of Bitcoin from my perspective.
1: I mean, look, we could be... It wouldn't be exactly the same because there's some properties of Bitcoin that doesn't exist with like the stock market and stuff like that. But like when we first got together, I was basically doing this game plan with Tesla. Yeah. Right? And so it's not because of Bitcoin. Like, you know, the other day was Tesla AI day and I was telling you what I was seeing. I'm like, game over. My whole thesis that we had when I was trading Tesla is playing out right now. Like it's been playing out, but like it's it's all coming to fruition. I took that knowledge of being able to analyze Tesla and see what it's doing and see where it could possibly go and watching myself be more and more correct and just applying it to Bitcoin. All Bitcoin does is say... If i'm successful of retiring my wife right if i'm successful doing that with bitcoin it's even if the numbers are the same like you got a million dollars in bitcoin a million dollars in tesla or whatever right like even if the numbers are the same the bitcoin is just different
0: the bitcoin is different but like this is a piece of it that i always don't fully understand is let's say we have 100 bitcoin Obviously we don't, so that's why I've thrown this fake number out to all of you. Let's say we have 100 Bitcoin. You wouldn't let us sell it to spend it. So what can we even do with it? Like that's the piece of it that I don't fully understand because let's say in like 10 years, the Bitcoin that we have does 50X. You're not gonna let me sell that to go buy something else. Like we're holding it. Well,
1: look, I know I say we're never selling it, right? we're never selling our bitcoin. However,
0: I'm listening. Like, let's, let's
1: be serious, right? Like, however, if we wake up tomorrow and one bitcoin is worth a billion dollars, yeah, okay, that's not going to no, happen. No, 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 no. I'm just uh-huh. saying like if I'm just picking a big number, okay. right? Like, and it's worth a billion dollars, yeah. We're selling a little bit of it. <laughs> we're paying off the house, right? Like, we we'll we'll make our lives comfortable. We'll sell the bare minimum that we have to sell. So that we can live that life that we just talked about, which is I'm only working for myself. Yeah. Now, do I think that that's going to happen in four years? No. Do I think it's going to happen in eight years? No. And further out into the future, I look at it, it gets more murky. I don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but I do see a time where it will get to a point, you know, we'll keep working and living our lives, but it'll get to a point where we'll do the math and we'll say, look, you know, if we sell a tenth of this, we're done. And I think that's like probably the, the, the simplest math I could give is when one tenth of whatever we have in Bitcoin terms, we, when one tenth pays off all the debt that we have, that's when we start talking about selling. And right now we're just not there.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. Now, the reason why I'm, I'm more and more confident in that outcome happening is because as we've talked about the podcast, you know, a lot, it's all about math. There are only 21 million Bitcoin. If everyone wanted one Bitcoin, only 21 million people are going to get one. Mm-hmm. There are some people that have thousands today. When, like, when they hit whatever threshold they have, so I just said we should say one-tenth, whatever their threshold is and like, I'll sell, I'll sell a little bit and be done. Whenever they hit their number, that Bitcoin floods back into the system, right? Everyone's doing that. There are people that became millionaires in the last eight years and they're selling it off now. When we go to the market to buy, when we go to the market, air quotes here, but when we go to the strike to buy Bitcoin, we don't know exactly where it's coming from, but that Bitcoin is coming from the past. Someone in the past bought that Bitcoin or mined that Bitcoin, and today is the day they're choosing to sell it. People sell.
0: Right. I, I understand that. But then this brings me to my like next question or confusion that I always have when it comes to our plans. We're, we hold our Bitcoin. But Bitcoin's also a currency, so what about when we want to buy something in Bitcoin?
1: You know, I bought a couple of things using using Bitcoin. Um, I bought my Infinity Over Twenty One Million hat. I bought some books, um, Safedine books, and I bought some some orange tulips that I got to plant. But when I bought that using Bitcoin, I didn't actually spend our Bitcoin. Right? what I did was uh, in all of those transactions, when you go to checkout, they produce a QR code and that QR code is a, what's called a lightning invoice, right? So it's, it looks like a QR code, but when you scan it, it's pre-programmed to like all the information needed to create a lightning transaction. And so if you use strike, when you scan that QR code, if you have a cash balance, if you have a dollar balance in your strike app, it will convert it to the appropriate amount of Bitcoin and send off a lightning transaction. So the person on the other side got bitcoin, but I didn't sell or spend any of our bitcoin. I just told Strike, "Here's $50, give that person $50 worth of bitcoin."
0: But why would you do it in in like US dollars when let's say if you bought bitcoin 3 years ago, it was cheaper than you'd really be spending less money if you just used your bitcoin. Oh, like why are you converting US dollars now when it's you're getting less Satoshis for the dollar now than maybe you did when you originally started buying Bitcoin.
1: You're not wrong. Like people do live like this. It's uh, The term is called coin control, right? Without getting too Bitcoin technical, like let's say you have um, a whole Bitcoin, but that whole Bitcoin is actually comprised of, you know, usually like 50 to maybe 150 different utxos
0: transactions
1: trans individual transactions and you your keys don't actually control bitcoin your keys control utxos and then your keys know i have access to n number of utxos it sums them all up and says this is how much bitcoin you have right so it's people who do coin control where you can use certain apps where you can like add metadata to each utxo That'll say like when you got it and when the, what the price of Bitcoin was at that time. I mean,
0: or you can just generally know. Let's say five years ago, I bought three Bitcoin. If I went to buy something with Bitcoin today, why would I convert my cash into Bitcoin and send it over through Lightning instead of just using the Bitcoin I already had?
1: Because which would you rather hold? dollars or bitcoin
0: so it's just getting rid of your dollars because yep. it doesn't really matter it's the same value it's
1: the same value but at the end of the day i have fewer dollars
0: it's just oh here's a, something i can spend my dollars on
1: as far as i'm concerned i'm spending dollars but the difference is that when it goes through the bitcoin network well th- through strike through the bitcoin network on the other side that person didn't get dollars so, in a very, like, not criminal way, I just laundered $50 <laughs> into the Bitcoin network, yeah, right? Yeah, Someone's going to, that $50 is going to land somewhere in the world of finance, right? But between me and that seller, we both have, do not have $50 anymore. We are separate from that economy. Huh. And so when I, the most recent purchase I made were, you know, books, um, this, the Bitcoin standard, I keep giving it away. So I keep rebuying it and Safedine was having a sale. So I bought like three. So when I, when I did that last transaction, again, you go to checkout, gives you a QR code. I opened up strike, boom. I gave him the price that he wanted, but neither one of us really have dollars anymore.
0: So even in the world where Bitcoin adoption is growing, Mm -hmm. We are not going to really be operating fully in Bitcoin for a long time. And so when we are making purchases in Bitcoin, we really should be converting our cash to Lightning so that the amount that we hold is a separate number
1: again you're you're not wrong in what you're saying like your analysis is spot on but let me let me thank you (laughs) maybe throw let let me let me throw another piece of information here that might change your angle so the money that we have in strike right the way that money gets there is i have a direct deposit i went into my my company's hr system and strike is just one of two places my paycheck gets deposited so the money goes into strike and then we have our recurring purchases right? Our recurring purchases of Bitcoin. I've basically set it up where it, it ends up leaving like a little bit of cash left over in strike in, in dollars. Right? However, let's say I change that tomorrow and I got my entire paycheck deposited into strike. And then cause strike lets you do this. When it gets deposited, I converted it all to Bitcoin in that moment. Then yes, you are correct. I would just be spending Bitcoin out of my strike wallet, but that's not what we're doing. I do think that over time, the amount that gets deposited and the amount that gets converted is going to increase, not just for us, but for everyone who's doing that. Right. And I do think there will come a point where like there are certain companies that'll be like, do you want to get paid in dollars? Or do you want to get paid in Bitcoin? I know that exists. I know Bitcoiners are getting paid in Bitcoin for their, for their labor. And that's a choice now, but I think there's coming a point where people will no longer exchange their labor, for dollars. And in that world, then yes, Bitcoin by default has become a currency because it's the only thing you can use to buy labor.
0: Are you at that point? Would you want to do that?
1: I don't think that we can make that decision just right yet. Right. We still need dollars coming in to pay things like the credit card bill the and mortgage. the mortgage and stuff like that. Okay, cool. That.
0: I agree, too. But I, I was like, am I holding him back from his dreams? But, but <laughs> Cause I'm not ready. <laughs>
1: but here's the thing, right, is like mentally I'm there. Like mentally, I'm at the point where I will no longer exchange my labor for dollars. Now, can I actually live like that? I think having just purchased a home and it's not really an option, but if it were just me right now, I would at least at the bare minimum be having my entire paycheck converted to Bitcoin every time and figuring it out from there.
0: Oh, yeah, that that thought scares me. But I do think that, like, you'll probably be one of the first people that we know that does that.
1: I don't want to be a fearmonger, but I think that day is a lot closer than a lot of people realize and probably just a lot further than I want it to be.
0: I, I agree with right? that. Yeah, yeah. But, I think that's a good way to describe it. But I
1: think it's a lot closer than people actually realize.
0: I do, too. That's why I'm thinking, like, when is the day when Ian comes downstairs and says, hey, babe? I, uh, I'm done with the dollar.
1: (laughs) The thing is like, I'm already there. And the reason why I'm already there is I I made the, the Satoshi calculator the savings calculator, goals.flirtingwithbitcoin.com. It's a place where you can learn how to think in Satoshi's by establishing goals. And then the calculator kind of spits out how many Satoshi's you should acquire on whatever interval you've decided that you want to save in. But the calculator is just part of where I was in my like journey in Bitcoin, which is, oh, if you do start thinking in Satoshis and you do start looking at your life as, let's say I did get my entire paycheck converted and it was possible to, to pay all my bills and do that reverse conversion, right? So like I got a bunch of Satoshis, I get a QR code and then my landlord gets dollars, right? like the reverse of buying the books. Well, in that world, my rent would be going down. Everything would be getting cheaper for me because as Bitcoin appreciates in price, if my rent was $2,000 and Bitcoin's worth $20,000 of Bitcoin and then Bitcoin goes to $40,000 of Bitcoin, well, if I converted my paycheck back at 20, and this is the point that you were making, yeah. if I converted my paycheck back at 20, when I go pay rent next month, my rent is actually cheaper. It actually got cut in half. And so there's this great website called pricedinbitcoin21.com. And it basically shows all of the different commodities and it's charted their price relative to Bitcoin since the inception of Bitcoin. And yeah, the beginning is always going to look really good because Bitcoin will worth nothing, right? But over the last 13 years, if you were a person who figured out how to get your paycheck converted into Bitcoin from day one, Mm -hmm. and you've been doing that ever since the world has gotten so much cheaper for you. During this period of massive inflation, the world has gotten comically cheaper for you. Now, nobody was doing that in 2012, 13 or 14, I don't think, maybe one or two people. But if that trend holds, all we're doing is stretching that scenario out. All the Bitcoin we're acquiring today, when we go to pay our mortgage payment in 10 years, if it's doubled, our mortgage got cheaper. The dollar amount hasn't changed, but if I had to pay that in Satoshi's, it's cheaper now. It's
0: less Satoshis. Yeah. And this doesn't work if you just got into Bitcoin earlier this year, like me. No. (laughs) But this is looking at like a 10 year trend.
1: Exactly. You can't look at Bitcoin over six month increments, Mm -hmm. right? You can't look at Bitcoin over really one year increments. I always say like, you got to be in it for a cycle and a half. So that's about five to six years. And once you see like a full Bitcoin wave, you'll understand, oh, Yeah, you can't perfectly time where the top and the bottom of the wave is, but it is a wave. And there's a lot of things that we've just talked about that contribute to how high the price will go. A lot lot of people hit their threshold of like, oh, I'm I'm willing to cash out now. They start selling. Enough selling pressure pushes the price back down. Then people say, oh, it's crashing. And everyone freaks out (laughs) because they don't want to lose their money because they don't really trust this thing. Right. Then it gets to the bottom. And then everyone's like, wait a minute. I did buy some at 70 and it's at 20 and I'm afraid to buy it now. Why is that? If I liked it at 70, I should love it at 20. And then once everyone resets their brain and gets accustomed to this new price that we're at, they go, wait a minute. And then it starts ticking back up right now at this 20 range. I would argue that there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now. And Bitcoin has not gone below $19,000.
0: Actually, I think the other day you were saying Bitcoin just dropped before everything else. Yeah, so... Because Bitcoin's like the true reflection of how much things cost.
1: Well, Bitcoin is an uh, open, transparent, 24-7, 365 market. The stock market is only open, what is it, 9.30 to 4, 5 days a week, and it closes at least 30 days a year. So there's behaviors in the stock market that, oh, information comes out, maybe people forget it over the weekend. The market opens on Monday then people remember it on Monday and you see the reflection in the price on Tuesday. But in Bitcoin, if something happens and everyone can act immediately, you see it happen immediately. There's no, whoa, what's the market going to do on Monday? It's already happened. And so what I've been watching with Bitcoin recently is, you know, on Mon- on this, this past weekend, there was a lot of talk about Credit Suisse going bankrupt. And I looked at the Bitcoiners and I looked at the Bitcoin price and the Bitcoiners know that yeah if credit suisse goes under it's going to be really tough times because it might trigger some financial stuff or whatever but if you're holding bitcoin your money ain't tied up in that thing that might be collapsing it's not in a bank it's completely outside that system that might be collapsing and so the Bitcoin price hasn't moved. What has moved is Credit Suisse's stock and the stock market and all that fun stuff, right? With Bitcoin having a 24-7, 365 market, it is the most honest price of any asset on the planet that has ever existed. You're getting a real-time price of the aggregate demand of the entire planet for a single thing. And yes, there might be some hype in there and people might be, you know, fudding it and hyping it and all that fun stuff, but all that combined, the aggregate says, FUD plus the hype, We're at 20K right now, 19K, and holding through literal financial chaos. So priced in Bitcoin shows that same concept of aggregate demand over time, and they just applied it to all different types of commodities. And I just think it's really cool because this is one of those sites that like really helped me establish my conviction in this thing to say, maybe not in the beginning, like, oh, if i have been getting paid in Bitcoin this whole time, I didn't come to that conclusion until recently, <laughs> but it did help me see, like there are a lot of patterns that hold true and humans I've always said are just pattern recognition machines. And the Bitcoin pattern is very strong. And it's telling us one thing, which is everything is getting expensive and it's because of inflation.
0: And the only thing that works against inflation is Bitcoin.
1: Only thing that works against inflation is hard money. Money that can't be created out of thin air. Bitcoin just says, I'll stop it for you. You don't have to play that game. You can opt out of that system. And this site has just really like codified that in my head. You know, they got a lot of different things on here. But I think the one that's probably pressing in everyone's you know, brain recently is like the price of housing.
0: Yeah, Ian has it up right now. And if you guys didn't know, flirtingwithbitcoin.com for every episode, Ian puts up, uh, you know, the episode description, a link to listen, and any links of anything that he's talked about in that episode. So we'll definitely put this up. But um, right now what I'm seeing is the trend of housing, medium new house prices since 2012 priced in Satoshis. It's cool. Ian has it up right now. There's different commodities that they have charted out right now. He has the medium new house up. So in 2012, it was around a trillion Satoshis to buy a new house. It was
1: actually... Four to six trillion Satoshis.
0: Ah, I right? can't read this chart correctly. Well, it's
1: a log chart and the numbers are pretty ridiculous. So
0: they did their best. Yeah, they did their best. Um, and now today it's hovering around one billion Satoshis. It's around
1: two billion. Again, 2 the billion, chart, yeah. is, it is what it is. But yeah, so like... It's again,
0: a downward trend.
1: It's down into I the right? I can confirm right? that. And so if you look at this from that scenario I just gave, which is if we were converting our entire paycheck into Bitcoin, right? Today, if I told you houses cost six trillion satoshis, you would be like, that's a lot, Mm -hmm. right? That's a lot of satoshis because of the price of Bitcoin today. But back then, we would have thousands of Bitcoins if we converted one paycheck into Bitcoin, right? And one Bitcoin is how many satoshis?
0: A hundred million.
1: There you go. So it
0: only took 34 episodes ladies and gentlemen
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's a little nuance to this chart which is yes houses used to cost more satoshis in the past but they were also easier to acquire right
0: mm-hmm.
1: but today at 2 billion satoshis that's roughly 20 bitcoin
0: and we're actually in a housing crisis right now
1: and we're in a housing crisis so in a housing crisis houses are cost millions of dollars but that still comes out to around 20 bitcoin
0: so yeah you look at data like this and it eases your mind
1: yeah and it's happening for everything on this site right so that's just median housing prices but like they have it against crude oil they have it against
0: well they have it against gold how does it look against gold what do you think oh it's still oh oh it is downward trend
1: so you used to be able to get an ounce of gold for 60 let's call it 60 billion satoshis 2012 Mm -hmm. today you can get an ounce of gold for 8 million satoshis yeah
0: because no matter what the price of bitcoin is gonna go up
1: Well, again, we can't make that statement on this podcast.
0: Yeah. (laughs) My bad, guys. But... Ian's winking at me. I'm kidding. He's not. (laughs) I'm winking at myself.
1: But the fundamental math of Bitcoin says if the demand doesn't change, the supply is going to constrict. Whether you believe in Bitcoin or not, I think most people believe in the rules of supply and demand at the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if you apply them to Bitcoin there will always be an upward pressure on it on a long enough timeline. But at the same time, your analogy of, well, why don't I just spend the Satoshis I got in the past? Technically, you could do that coin control that I was talking about. But in theory, you should just look at your stack of Bitcoin as all the same. And it just has a value today.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I have a friend who I think bought a lot when it was really high earlier this year. And he's trying to like make up for it by buying really low right now. And you, you know, don't think that mental exercise is worth it.
1: Well, I think what they're doing, if they actually believe in Bitcoin and they're not just trying to be a, a degenerate trader and cover their losses. What
0: do you think?
1: I don't know. <laughs> because I
0: think it's a little bit of both.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're doing it because you're a degenerate trader, it, you're leaning more towards the degenerate trader side of like correcting a bad trade. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the right reason to do it. However, if you believe in Bitcoin and by every bit of Bitcoin that you convert your fiat dollars into, you're exiting this fiat system where anyone can print money. If that's why you're doing it, then yeah, acquire more now because it's cheaper. Mm -hmm. It's not because you made a bad trade. Don't worry about the dollars. Don't see the dollar difference. Just watch the number of Satoshis you have continually going up. That's all that matters.
0: Stack those sats.
1: Stay humble, but stack sats.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know we talk about Bitcoin at least once a week formally, as formal as this is, but it's still like my brain is not there. I don't live in the Satoshi mindset that you do. So this was like a good conversation for me just to remember exactly what our plan is and why we believe that it's going to work.
1: It's just math and it's really simple math, which is the crazy part.
0: That's the crazy part because there's so many chaotic things happening around us. It's almost too good to be true that something this simple exists and we've made the decision And we're just kind of relaxing now. And everyone's like rooting against it too, which is also, I think, probably the part of it that makes me a little uneasy. Does it ever make you uneasy?
1: I enjoy when people are rooting against Bitcoin, just like I enjoy when people are rooting against Tesla. It's just like, keep talking. You're just showing me how dumb you are. Mm. You're just showing me that like you don't bother to actually consume new information and you're skating on whatever you knew when you left high school or college. Before
0: Bitcoin existed. Before
1: Bitcoin existed. And so you're just skating on prior knowledge and you're skating on knowledge that like, as I said earlier, you're always given an explanation, but you're not told the fundamental problem. And Bitcoin is that mirror that's being held up saying the fundamental problem is they keep making more of it. We created a system where you can't make more of it. Which one do you want to live in? It's that simple of a choice. For the people that are making fun of Bitcoin or think that it's a scam or a joke or whatever, it's like, fine, keep living in the world where they keep making more of it and your house is going to get more expensive. Now you might think that's a good thing, but like as the joke goes right now, what do you, why am I going to sell my house? Where am I going to move?
2: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Right? If you're living in the Bitcoin world and you're looking at this chart that we're looking at, houses have been getting cheaper. Where else can you make such a simple decision that says, if I switch the money, things get cheaper?
0: And bringing this back to being married with Bitcoin. I know there are countless studies out there that say that financial issues are usually the biggest cause of divorce
1: mm-hmm. in a
0: marriage. <laughs> so bringing it back to if you' if you're a spouse, Is a bitcoiner have an open mind and explore making bitcoin part of your plan because not only will it strengthen your relationship in the present but it could really help alleviate financial stress and worries and anxieties around this stuff which i really believe it has for your relationship so that down the line like these are just not things that you really need to worry about because you can have that conviction and trust in the decisions that you both have made for your financial future,
1: I understand why people think it's a religion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do, do I sound like I'm in a cult?
1: No, but you used a couple of words there that I would argue sounded very similar to how I remember like Jehovah's Witnesses talking about Jesus Christ, right? I'm not saying that they're the same, but when you when you have something that makes you think that the future is going to be better, I don't care what that is. For us, it seems to be Bitcoin. I think that's cool.
0: Yeah, I think before it used to be, wow, we found each other. Our future is going to be better. And now it's like, we have Bitcoin, so we'll be okay. For me, I'm, I am just excited to be married to you and be able for us to live our lives, despite all of the chaos happening around us, to still have calm nights, you know, after a busy day at work, to just be able to sit and relax and not worry about our debt or what our plans are going to be or, or any of that. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you, babe.
1: You're going to love me even more when I retire your ass.
0: Oh, you guys heard it here first. It's time for shout outs. But if you're listening on a platform other than Fountain and want to support the show, Go to flirtingwithbitcoincom support and check out all the other ways it's possible to show us some love. So these are our biggest supporters this past week on Fountain yellowflash 21, Stacking Sats, Fifth Power Productions, Hunters F770, Zordon, In Time BTC, Doug and Roop, KWAC gr33 and goes at gringo grego perfect game t joel n 39 p ninja beard bro tanasi 373 and crypto Sinus. thanks for listening we will catch you guys later this week with our weekly news roundup Hey guys, thanks for listening. Did you know the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast runs on the value for value business model? So what does that mean? Instead of having to listen to us read the same batch of ads every episode, we're looking to you, our listeners and supporters, to support the show if and when we provide you with something of value. Value can be anything, some new piece of information, a new point of view, or even a good old-fashioned belly laugh. When we provide value, we ask that you contribute to the show what you believe the value is worth to you. Hence the term, value for value. To learn more about how to support the pod, visit flirtingwithbitcoin.com support. And don't forget to subscribe so we can always keep in touch. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next episode.